We are on Yivamos Chav Beis Amalav 22A1 in the Arts School Gemara. We are continuing with our discussion of Shnios. We are going to conclude that discussion about uh, different family relationships in which there is a rabbinic prohibition uh, to marry certain relatives. And we're going to conclude that discussion and hopefully we'll begin also a new discussion, a very interesting discussion about uh, non-Jews, the prohibition for non-Jews to marry their relatives, and also if this extends to gerim, to converts, for converts, whether or not they're allowed to marry their immediate their immediate relatives. So hopefully we'll have time to get into that discussion as well. Uh, so far we had uh, many different uh, cases, 10 or 11 different cases of shneos that the, that the Gemara has discussed already different cases where there is a rabbinic prohibition uh, to marry a more distant relative. And now the Gemara is going to add on six more categories, six more categories of rabbichia. So we already had uh, 10 or 11 different cases, and the Gemara is now adding on six more categories. Tani Debe Rabbichia. Rabbichia taught, the house of the Academy of Rabbichia taught, Rabbichia taught, these different cases. And these are the cases. Shlishi Shebno. Again, to go back to the art scroll, if you're, if you're looking at the art scroll in 22A1, they have a diagram which makes it a lot easier uh, to understand what is a Torah prohibition, what is a rabbinic prohibition. And so it's a lot easier to follow along with the art scroll. And so the first category is a third generation of one's son. So essentially on a Torah level, there's a prohibition to marry your daughter, to marry your granddaughter. And on a rabbinic level, there's a prohibition to marry your great-granddaughter. That is category number one. They call that a third generation. A third generation because it's not including yourself. It's a great-granddaughter, your daughter, then the next generation, and then the generation after that. Vishav ben ishto, vishav bas ishto. The next category is also not just your great-grandchild, but also your wife's great-grandchild. On a Torah level, there's a prohibition to marry your wife's daughter, your stepdaughter, or your wife's granddaughter, uh, whether it's from the son or the daughter, there's a Torah prohibition to marry your wife's granddaughter, and there's now a rabbinic prohibition to marry your wife's great-granddaughter. And then the last, that's Shnir, those are all secondary ervas, those are all rabbinic prohibitions. Revi, Shebucham, Shebucham also, so then the remaining categories are Revi'i Shebucham Shebucham Now they refer to this as the fourth generation, but essentially it's as follows. It is, there is a Torah prohibition to marry your mother-in-law, your wife's mother, or your wife's grandmother. Your mother-in-law's mother or your father-in-law's mother. That is a Torah prohibition. Uh, to marry... Your wife's great-grandmother is not a Torah prohibition, but this is now included in the rabbinic prohibition, to marry your wife's great-grandmother. What's interesting to note, which the Gemara is about to discuss, is that the the brysa here of Rebbechia refers to your wife's great-grandmother as a revi'i, as a fourth generation. And the way you get to four generations is the first one is your wife, then comes your mother-in-law, then her mother is third, and then the great-grandmother is the fourth. So it refers to that as the fourth uh, generation. 
But those are all the cases that we just added on as rabbinic prohibitions. Again, it's your, it's now the great grandchildren, your own great granddaughters, or your wife's great granddaughters, or uh, your wife's great grandparents, grand grandmothers. Uh, those are all rabbinic prohibitions. So Amalei Ravina Loravashi, Maishna Lamal Dechashiv Lali Ishto, Umaishna Lamata Deloka Chashiv Lali Ishto. Ravina says to Ravashi, if you recall, when it comes to the great grandchildren, let's say your own great grandchildren, so there it's referred to as third generation because you do not include yourself, you do not include your wife, it's just the daughter, the granddaughter, and then the great granddaughter. That's three generations. When it comes to your great, your wife's great grandmother, that is view, view, referred to as a fourth generation. Your wife is included as the first step, and then comes the, your mother-in-law, and then your wife's grandmother and the great grandmother. That's four steps. And so, why is it that uh, when it's going down, it does not include the wife, but when it's going up, it does include the wife? And so the Gemara says as follows: Lamala disur mikoch ishto kaasi chashivla lamata disur la mikoch ishto kaasi loka chashivla. So the Gemara answers, and Rashi gives a very interesting explanation here. The Gemara answers that when we're discussing the cases of going up, that's referred to specifically in the context of a marriage that you married your wife. You are now there's now a prohibition to marry your wife's great grandmother. That's a rabbinic prohibition. When we were going down. We said that even with regards to your own children, that includes a case where you're not married, where it's actually, Raj refers to it as the great, your great-granddaughter from an Anusa, from a case of rape. From a case of rape, you are, there still is a prohibition to your great-granddaughter uh, from a case of rape. And so therefore, it does not include the wife because you're not really, you're not even married uh, to that person. You raped her, terrible thing. They raped her, but and so therefore we do not include that person in the calculation because the reason for the prohibition is because it's your direct uh, descendant, and so therefore it's not included in the calculation. So therefore it's just the third; it's the great granddaughter, your daughter, daughter's daughter, daughter's daughter's daughter. That's three, and so therefore it does not include the wife because there is there is no wife here. So the Gemara asks, oh, but there is there is a wife. But there's another category where there is the wife. Ben Ishto, Bas Ishto. But it's still, there's another case of your wife's great-granddaughter, your wife's children. And that's referring to specifically in the context of a wife. And over there, it also refers to it as the third generation. It does not include the wife. Meaning when it comes to your wife's great-grandchildren, it calls that a third, a third, it just calls it a third, a third step. When it comes to your wife's great-grandparents, it's referred to as a fourth step. So why would we, why would we differentiate between the two? It's really the same number of steps. So like my answer is no. I did tani shloshe doros lamata diday velo chashava tani nami shloshe doros lamata dida velo chashava. Since in the brisa they grouped together your own great granddaughter and your wife's great granddaughter, so it's all referred to in the same grouping. So therefore, it kept uh, the number to three. It still kept the number to three, even though it's true it should have been four because it goes through the wife, but still. It kept the number to three steps because for you personally, your great-granddaughter, again, in the case of, of uh, even in the case of, of a rape where uh, you have a great-granddaughter from uh, a person that you raped, uh, so there still is a prohibition there uh, to your great-granddaughter, but that's viewed as three steps. We don't include that person that you raped. We don't view that, definitely not your wife, and it's, uh, 
terrible thing, and so therefore it's viewed as a as a third generation. Once it's viewed as a third step, so then also when it comes to your wife's ch- grandchildren, where it's all grouped together, it's viewed as three steps. But not that fundamentally. The point is, is that it's not a fundamental difference between your wife's great-granddaughters and your wife's great-grandmother. There's no fundament, it's not a fundamental difference, but it's just a technical point as to why it's referred to as the third step because the first case within that group is also referred to as a third step. The Gemara has one last point. And the Gemara says as follows, Vashi says to These cases of, these various cases that we had of your either your great-granddaughter or your wife's great-granddaughter or your wife's great-grandmother, for all these cases, Yeshelan Hefzok and Elan it's more of a, probably of, of a theoretical question, but the Gemara asks, does this go down for all generations? What about your great-great-granddaughter, or your wife's great-great-granddaughter, or your wife's great-great-grandmother? Does it go all the way down, uh, or and all the way up, or not? Or is it only for that generation? How far do we take? Essentially, the question is, how far do we take this rabbinic prohibition? So the Gemara tries to give two proofs, and they're going to reject both proofs, so the Gemara is really, gonna, it really leaves it unanswered. So the Gemara says, Tashma, let us prove to Amarav, Arbanashim Yishlan Hefsek Vesulah. We had earlier, in last week's recording, that Rav said that there's only four women, or says that there are four women, that Yishlan uh, Hefsek, that they are only for that generation, and it doesn't go further down. So that implies for all the other women, it does go all the way down. So, so to over here, we should say it applies for all generations, not just the great-granddaughter, but the great-great-granddaughter. So the Gemara says, no, Rav, Lahi, Masni. So the Gemara rejects this by saying, no, Rav was not... Referring to our brisa, it was referring to a different brisa. Rav was not commenting on our brisa, so you can't bring a proof from Rav if he's not commenting on our brisa. The Gemara brings a second proof, a potential second proof, and is going to reject it. Tashma, our brisa itself says shlishi uravi, shlishi uravi in tefelo. It says three or four, meaning three going down. It's the third step going up to the great grandmother. It's four steps. That implies not further up. Someone says, no, who said? Maybe it just means the third step and the fir- and as you go down, or the fourth step and as you go up. Who said that it's limited to that third step, meaning the great-granddaughter or the fourth step of the great-grandmother of your wife? Maybe it's the fourth step and any time up, the great-great-grandmother, the great-great-great-grandmother. Uh, it, you cannot bring a proof uh, from that language. So in the end of the day, and this is really going to conclude our discussion of the different cases of shneos, of rabbinic prohibitions, uh, of, of arayos, of, of incest. These are rabbinic prohibitions. Uh, in the end of the day, Rebchia brings these different cases of the great-granddaughter, either yours or your wife's, or the great-grandmother. And it left it unanswered. He left The Gemara left it unanswered whether it applies also to further generations, the great-great-granddaughter or the great-great-grandmother. That is left unanswered. And it's just... Important to note that it ends up really being a dispute amongst the Rishonim, amongst the, amongst the earlier commentators, whether or not we're stringent in those cases or not. And to be stringent in those cases would be interesting. It would require analysis because these are all rabbinic prohibitions. And in general, we say that if it's a rabbinic prohibition, in general, we, tr- we tend to be more lenient when it's a questionable scenario. But over here, some have the opinion that we should be more stringent, perhaps because this has a, it's a higher level than just a rabbinic prohibition, something which we discussed in last week's recording. Now we're going to move on to a new topic. It's still going to be, a, uh, it's still going to discuss Shneos, but it's a slightly new topic. Amalei Ravala Rav Nachman. Rav says to Rav Nachman, Chazimar hai me Rabbanan das me Did you see 
uh, one of the rabbis who came from Israel, the Amar Baba Marav, and he said that in Israel they were discussing the following. They asked, when it comes to a convert, do we also say that a convert has these rabbinic prohibitions? All the cases that we've been discussing, which comes out now to 16, 17 different categories of cases. Uh, do the If you're a ger, if you're a convert, you were non-Jewish and now you become Jewish. So then do these cases of shneos apply to you or not? Do these cases of these rabbinic prohibitions apply to you or not? Now, why would you think that they don't apply? They're Jewish. All the laws of of a Jew applies also to a convert. They're fully Jewish. So the answer is as follows. It requires a little bit of a background. But the answer is uh, that what about a non-Jew? Does a non-Jew have uh, this prohibition of shneos or, or incest at all? So the answer is yes, they do have a prohibition. They have a prohibition on the Torah level. Whatever is on a Torah level for a Jew uh, with regards to incest also applies to a non-Jew. It's one of their seven mitzvahs which they are commanded with. They have seven. They have their own seven commandments the seven Noahide laws. One of them is arayos. One of them is adultery, which includes these cases of incest. However, the rabbinic prohibitions do not apply uh, to them. The, the rabbinic prohibitions do not apply uh, to a non-Jew. Okay, so when you're a non-Jew, uh, it would be permissible, let's say, to to marry your great uh, great grandmother, uh, your wife's great grandmother. Or, or something like that. Any of the cases that we've had, your great-granddaughter, uh, any any of these cases that we've had over the last week. That's with regards to a non-Jew. Now, when you convert, so there's an, a principle, which the Gemara is going to have in the last line, uh, but there's a principle that when you convert, ger shenizgar kekotan shenoladami. Halachically speaking, which requires really a lot more time, maybe if we'll have time, we'll get to it in the next recording, or we'll have a special class devoted to this, but a convert, when he converts, or she converts, they're halakhically no longer viewed as related to their biological family. Halakhically, they're no longer related to their biological family. How far you take this is a, it really requires much analysis in terms of, is there a mitzvah of kibbut ava'im, of honoring your parents? Uh, how far exactly do you say this? But certainly with regards to the laws of, uh, let's say, of, of, of marriage and incest, or the like, that no longer applies. So when a non-Jew converts, so technically speaking, on a Torah level, we'll see that there's a rabbinic prohibition, but on a Torah level, they're allowed to marry their biological sister. Even if the sister converts, uh, it would be permissible on a Torah level to marry their biological sister because halakhically speaking, once a person converts, it's like they're no longer halakhically related to their biological parents or family, to their biological family. Uh, there is a rabbinic prohibition to marry let's say, your sister or your parent. On a Torah level, it's not a prohibition, but there is a rabbinic prohibition. And there are two different reasons, which the Gemara is about to explain, two different reasons why there is a rabbinic prohibition. One reason, is what the Gemara will explain a little bit later in a few lines, is that a Jew will get confused. A Jew will get confused and say, well, if this person, who's a convert, is allowed to marry his whatever you name it, his grandmother, whatever it is, so then I could also marry my grandmother. People will get confused and say that everyone knows that a convert has the same status as as a, a Jew who is born Jewish. And they'll get confused and say, well, if they're allowed to marry their grandmother, I'm also allowed to marry my grandmother. And so therefore they made a rabbinic prohibition to say that, you know what, there is a, there is a prohibition here and you are not allowed to, a rabbinic prohibition to marry uh, your relatives. There is a second reason which is given. Which, for why they are not allowed to marry their relatives on a, on a rabbinic level. Again, on a Torah level, they're allowed to. They're not viewed as halakhically related. 
once they convert, but there's another prohibition which is based on the principle of that we don't want people to say, you know what, I'm converting, and beforehand I was not allowed to marry my sister. Again, as a non-Jew, I was not allowed to marry my sister. That was part of the seven Noahide laws. And now that I'm Jewish, I'm allowed to marry my sister. Look, I'm going from being, when I'm changing my status from a non-Jew to a Jew, there are certain leniencies. There are certain cases where it's, you know, it's easier, it's less Kedusha uh, when it comes to being a Jew, at least with regards to certain laws. And we don't want... We don't want to give off that impression. It's not true. And so therefore we set certain standards and we say that whatever applies to you as a non-Jew should continue to apply to you as a Jew. And so since as a non-Jew there was a prohibition to marry your sister, so even though on a Torah level you're not related to your sister anymore once you convert, even though it's your biological sister, halakhically you're not related, but still we'll create a rabbinic prohibition to say, oh, we don't want people to think that when they convert that it becomes... Uh, you know, there, there are certain laws which apply before they converted, which no longer apply. No, we're going to say it also applies. And so therefore, you still cannot marry uh, your sister. Okay, that is that principle. Again, two different reasons. One is that uh, everyone will get confused and say, you know what, maybe I could marry my relatives, my immediate family. And the second reason is that for the convert, we don't want them to think that for the converts, we don't want them to think that, you know, we could have certain leniencies once we become Jewish, that there were certain stringencies that applied that no longer apply once we become Jewish. So the Gemara now is asking, what is what about Shneos? What about there are rabbinic prohibitions that apply to Jews, as we've been discussing until now. The great great grandmother the great grandmother, for example, uh, which doesn't apply to a non Jew. A non Jew as a non Jew doesn't apply. So what about when they convert? We said that on a rabbinic level, the various prohibitions apply, but do they also apply? Maybe it only applies to the Torah prohibitions. Does it also apply to the rabbinic prohibitions, the extensions. It's like a, a rabbinic prohibition on top of a rabbinic prohibition because for a convert, the whole prohibition itself is only rabbinic. So does it apply or does it not apply? So the Gemara says, Amrle, he responds by saying, Hashta uma erva gufa ilav shelo yom rabbi mi gedusha chamor gedusha kalu goz rabbi rabban and shniyos mi bai. And so Rav Nachman responds back to Rav. Rav who asked the question, Rav Nachman responds back by saying, well, of course it should not apply. Because the, the, the reason for the rabbinic prohibition, right now the Gemara assumes that the reason for the rabbinic prohibition is that whatever applied before they converted continues to apply. Well, before they converted, as a non-Jew, there is no prohibition of shneos. There is no, the, prohibition, the rabbinic prohibitions do not apply to a non-Jew. So if the whole logic is that the same laws that apply before and should apply now, well, it didn't apply before and so it shouldn't apply now. So the shneos should not apply to a convert. The rabbinic uh, prohibitions, the rabbinic relationships which are prohibited should not apply to a convert because they didn't apply as a non-Jew. And we, as a rabbinic rule, we're only going to say that which applied as a non-Jew continues to apply as a Jew once they convert. Uh, so that is the end of that statement. So I think we're going we're gonna to stop here. There's more to discuss with regards to the statement. We're a few lines to the Mishnah, but we'll stop here. Just one more point, one last point, is that there's a Ritva. The Ritva is a classic commentator on this page. He, he says that with regards to this idea of whatever laws apply as a non-Jew continue to apply as a Jew, even if technically on a Torah level it doesn't apply. For example, our case, where on a Torah level they're not viewed as related, the brother and sister are no longer viewed as related once they convert, uh, even if both of them convert. Uh, so then, but we create a rabbinic prohibition to say that it's still prohibited because there was a prohibition beforehand. He says that applies not even if it's a Torah law, but even if it's just a custom that the non-Jew had, his own custom that the non-Jews as a society, they have, for example, he says that uh, there's there's no Torah prohibition for a non-Jew to curse his parents. But it's accepted within society that you shouldn't curse your parents. It's accepted within society. So once that's the case, 
And now that he converts, and he's not even viewed as halachically related to his parents, but still, we say that there's a rabbinic prohibition to curse your parents. Even though it's not a Torah law, but it's a custom that they took on themselves, we will say that that continues after you convert, even though your parents are not viewed as halachically uh, your your parents. Even though they're your biological biological parents, they're not halachically your parents. So again, this principle that once you convert, you're no longer viewed as related to your uh, halachically related to your family, how far that goes uh, within the halachic system and what exactly does that mean requires much analysis. And hopefully uh, we will have a separate class, at least here in Vancouver, devoted uh, to this principle.